two people who are losing weight. They're the same size and they are losing weight at the same rate. And yet they have two different stories. They have two different attitudes about it. And they're telling themselves two different stories. Really? Same, same age, same starting size, same everything, same rate of loss. And I've got one gal who is happy and she says, I'm so happy. I'm losing, you know, 1.5% of my body weight every week. And the other person is like, God, you know what? Freaking 1.5% of my body weight. Gosh, dang it. You know, I'm Christy Code Red, and you're listening to Rebel Weight Loss and Lifestyle, where we believe food holds the power to heal or poison, and we believe our society has been misled regarding proper nutrition and weight loss. You're in the right place if you're looking for some straight up truth, because I'm here to shed light on the lies and brainwashing that has taken place over the past five decades. Thanks so much for listening. Welcome back to Rebel Weight Loss and Lifestyle. I am Christy Code Red, your host, author, entrepreneur, retired professional boxer. Once again, like most of my podcasts nowadays, uh, it used to just be once in a while, but now it's almost every, I think it's pretty much every podcast. Carrie Thompson is joining me. Thank you, sis, for being here. Thank you so much. I am Carrie Thompson, mom, COO, and army wife, like Patricia, <laughs> like you say, pow, 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 pow. <laughs> I'm going to do it, Christy. <laughs> Pow, 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 pow. <laughs> Maybe I should act like I'm cooking up something and packing up to move like every other army wife does. <laughs> but you got that high ponytail going on right now. I do. It's, it's so a cute. high ponytail day, folks. Folks that can't see it, it is large and in charge. <laughs> Guys, we have a, uh, I feel like I say this on every podcast. We have a great one for you, but they're all freaking great. Come on. We're talking about the stories we tell ourselves. What story do you tell yourself? And it's such a broad, when I just say it like that, you're like, well, what are you talking about? Well, what am I talking about? It could be a lot of different things. It could be uh, what you tell yourself minute to minute, hour to hour, day by day, week by week, year by year. You can, you can get down and granular with it, or you can get broad with it. And I think that it is such a good topic. It's really a mindset topic and we do mindset stuff, but we talk a lot about practical stuff. So when I suggested this idea to Christy, I was like, it's kind of different for us, but I think that it's super important to know what is the internal dialogue that's happening in your head. What are the stories? What are the things you're telling yourself? What have you told yourself in the past? What are you currently saying to yourself? Because Christy, here's what I find is that people don't often know what they're saying to themselves. I know that sounds weird when I say that, but I don't think that they recognize how detrimental or how good it can be to have the right story playing in your head, if that makes sense. Yeah. I don't think that they're aware of what Correct. they're telling themselves. And I don't think that they know that they can control their thoughts. And so well, I can't help but I'm thinking, oh, Boloney, you absolutely can. The stories I tell myself now are vastly different than the stories I used to tell myself. In fact, let me just tilt the camera down. For those of you who can see, my shirt says billionaire in the making. And that is a a shirt I got from Grant Cardone at the 10X Growth Con in Las Vegas in February of 2020 when I went. I'm a huge Grant Cardone fan, and he is very – and if you could look at my computer, it says right here, prove it in the front of my computer, and then it says, where's my money? And it's like – it's funny because I am thinking about revenue, and I'm thinking about the impact I'm making all the time. But let me tell you, the way Carrie and I were raised, we didn't talk about money. 
I talk about money all the time now. We didn't talk about it growing up. Uh, do you well, remember we talked about not having it. Right. We didn't, we didn't have it. And, but it was such a different mindset that, and I had to really get past some really major money mindsets. So that's one of many things that I have had to tell myself a different story. Even since I've been working with you, Christy, and since, I mean, you and I are BFFs anyway, but you have taught me, don't say you can't afford it. Say I'm choosing not to spend my money on it. Now, if you're always saying, I can't afford that, I can't afford that, I can't afford that, isn't that a different story than I'm choosing not to spend my money on that right now, or I'm choosing to spend my money on this right now? It's such a, you guys, think about that, Rebels. That's a completely different way of thinking. Okay, okay, are you ready for my song, Christy? You have a song for us. Oh, I do. I do. Um, this is, remember the DC, remember, I'm a huge fan of the 1980, 1990s band DC Talk. It was rocky enough to where we felt like we were doing something wrong by listening to them, but they talked about Jesus enough to where we were not going to go to hell by listening to them. <laughs> you guys laugh. You guys laugh. And Chrissy's laughing because she knows that I actually am telling the truth there. If you listen to... Sometimes we'll be in the truck and Brandon will be like, pour some sugar. And I'm like, ooh, we weren't allowed to listen to that growing up. Like, he's uh-huh. like, yeah, remember Rat back in high school? I'm like, Brandon, unless I went to a school dance, like I didn't listen to it. So we definitely were raised with that. But anyway, there's a song by DC Talk, Toby Mac, and he sings, we've been down to the bottom, stories we got them when we hit rock bottom. And it's true everyone's got a story. Everyone's got a past. Everyone, listen to me, Rebels, you all have something that you say to themselves, yourself, whether you're cognizant of it or whether you're not. You absolutely are telling yourself something every minute of every day. Don't make any bones about, well, I'm not thinking about anything. Well, I'm not. No, you're telling yourself a story, especially true for women. I've never been inside the head of a man I'm still trying to figure that one out a marriage later. I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, I got to figure that one out. But as far as being a woman, I know that we are telling yourselves stories. Chrissy, how many times, and you guys know that I lost a hundred pounds and have kept it off for years. How many times have I caught myself telling such a terrible story to myself, a terrible story to myself, catch myself sideways in the mirror, speaking to myself like I wouldn't speak to anybody, not my worst enemy. Would I say the things that I say and said in my own story? You're so ugly, Carrie. You're so fat. You're disgusting. Nobody likes you. You're ugly, Carrie. You're so fat. And that was the story that went through my head. And guys, even after I lost weight, I would still catch myself funny in the mirror and be like, you're so disgusting, Carrie. Mm. You're so, and you guys, I'm a successful person. I'm a confident, successful person. And that story was still playing in my mind. And I still struggle with it from time to time. And I would never say that to Christy. I wouldn't say that to anybody. I wouldn't talk that way to anybody. Yeah, that's horrible. I know that for me, I had, I've I've been through a couple of, um, heartbreaking situations that I really didn't ask for and I didn't really deserve, I guess you could say. But one of them was I had $36,000 stolen from me of money I had been saving. I was in a relationship with a guy that earned my trust and I had been saving this money because I wanted to open my own gym. That's always kind of was my dream, right? And then I realized how difficult (laughs) running a gym, no. Actually, uh, then he ended up taking that money from me and slowly embezzling it from me until I had nothing left but debt. And I remember I had 
had $14,000 on a Discover credit card, Carrie. I had no oh, money. I, I, I left this guy. I had nothing because he had taken everything from me. I had a car that overheated. I was just had gotten fired from Gold's Gym. And it was just, I was at rock bottom. And I remember like I couldn't make this $14,000. I mean, I said to myself, you will never get out of debt. I remember saying, you're never going to get out. How are you going to crawl yourself out from under this? The weight of the world was on my shoulders. You'll never get out of debt. You'll never get out of debt. And I slowly shipped away at that horrible Discover card that had like massive interest rates. So you can't really get ahead of it because the interest rate. But I did. I chipped away at it in big chunks. But that was the story playing in my head over and over. You'll never be out of debt. Well, now I'm not only out of debt, but lending money. I am accumulating wealth. I am able to pour into a company that creates new programs to help bring hope and healing to people from all over the world. I employ people. Like, such a different story, but I had to tell myself a different story even in the midst of that horrific situation. I was going to ask, Christy, do you remember after that situation, do you remember when you started to kind of switch your thinking? Do you, like, really? Yes, I remember what it was. Natasha, my first and current business coach, uh, she's been my business coach now for over four years. We just can't seem to separate each other, but uh, I don't think we want to. She said to me one time, I must have, I don't remember what I said that made, and she turned to me and looked at me and said, you have got to change your self-talk if you want to change your wealth. And she said, you've got to start getting a different money mindset. The turning point for me was Miles. I have my husband, Miles, I've been with for almost 10 years at the time of this recording. And Miles is a self-made millionaire. Uh, he accumulated wealth early on and has just managed his money so well. He was able to retire in his 40s and now he's in his 60s and he's just, he is such a wonderful man. And I remember seeing him and I remember saying to myself, okay, here's a wealthy guy and I want to be wealthy. So I want to start acting like what, what do wealth, wealthy people act like? Because I've never been around anybody this wealthy. Certainly, we don't come from any kind of wealth. And so I started to say, okay, I want to start. I just started to emulate him. And even the words that he used, um, the, his language, his wording, everything that he did, I emulated everything. I emulated his body language. I emulated. And then I would listen to how he would talk. And I would talk about objects and about buying things and about how having possessions, everything. And I started to tell myself, even if I didn't believe it at the time, I started to talk differently about myself. And I would say, you are going to have so much money you can lend. You are going to have money. You'll never have to worry about money. And I still had to worry about money. I was on Idaho State food stamps, but I started telling myself a different story. And finally, it happened. Finally, it took root and it happened. Christy, tell me a little bit about a term I've heard you use a lot. And I think this ties in really well with stories. I've heard you use this term. And guys, I just want to preface this before I ask Christy this question. We're not talking about, for those of you that were raised Pentecostal like us, the name it and claim it, the blab it and grab it, the, you know, Jesus got a list for you, Jesus. If you have a minute, I'm going to tell you what I need. We're not talking about that. We're talking about the things that you seriously say inside yourself. That's what we're talking about. But Christy, you use this a lot and I like it. You use the, the term lack mentality. And I don't think this only applies to money. Can you tell me a little bit about what? Yeah. The lack mentality stems from, and I'm sorry, I'm not trying to be rude to my folks. My parents did the best they could with the way they were raised. They were raised with the same mentality and we were raised with this mentality and nobody meant to do it. It's just what the way it was. We were raised with a lack mentality. It was a, you get what you get and you don't pitch a fit. And it was kind of like 
you know, you don't change the situation. That's the situation that you're in. And so the lack mentality is to me are people who concentrate more on what they, instead of saying, um, boy, I wish I would have thought about this. Um, sorry, I should have asked you ahead of time. Instead of saying what the potential is, it's always looking at the downside, right? It's a negative way. Kind of the, the glass is half full instead of right. just always just looking at the current situation the way it is instead of just saying what you want and what because if you start thinking about what you want and thinking of and saying out loud what you want you really do change the situation which is weird and we were never raised with that knowledge uh, we didn't understand that you actually there are power in your thoughts and power in your words and so even if you well, I mean I think that if growing up and if you would have actually said something different than the current situation they probably would have had you committed because it was like oh you're crazy you know like I'm a wealthy person yeah you you can't even afford a uh, gas in your gas tank you know so that was uh, the definitely the lack, I can spot a lack mentality from a mile away in somebody and that's somebody who definitely talks about what they can't afford they're always bringing up what they can't afford they're always uh, talking about or what, what they, they can't do have. It doesn't even have to be money. It could be what you can't do. Well, I can't do that. I can't get an A. I can't get to college. I can't do that degree. Uh, There's no way I could. There's no way I, well, I don't think I can. It's that same idea, right? It's Yes. And we had somebody in the Code Red community that was in leadership with us. And I noticed bad that she had a lack mentality. It was everything from, you know, you, so you have a hole in your wall. And instead of saying, we can't afford to fix that hole, that's what she would say. And instead of saying that, you would say, fixing that hole is on our list of things to do for the coming 12 months. That's the Perfect. way you flip it around, you know? And that, that was never, it was always lack, lack, lack. We don't have, we can't afford, I don't, this is what, just always, and it was every thought, every word that came out of her mouth was just, was, was the glass was half empty instead of rephrasing it. Because when you start to rephrase it, you start to see yourself as different. And the lack mentality, what Chrissy's talking about, Rebels, is exactly what becomes intentionally or non-intentionally part of your story. And, you know, there are certain things in our lives that become part of our stories without us realizing it. Let me give you an example that doesn't have to do with mentality, but this is a great example. So the other day, my daughter, Courtney, who is a graduate student at Washington State University in, in uh, microbiology, she told me, mom, I had a chance to clean my, my house. And after I was done, I lit a candle. And she said, by the way, you never told me that not everybody cleans their house and lights a candle. And I was like, what do you mean? She goes, well, I mentioned to my friends. I'm like, why'd you light a candle? She said, because the house is clean. That's what my mom always did. She would light the house or clean the house, everything scrubbed up, and then go around and light all the candles. It signifies the end of Lent. Just teasing. No, the end of the house being clean, and it smells good now. And I never even thought about me instilling that value into my daughter, Christy, until she mentioned that. And then I was like, I have given her a story. I've given her a tradition. I've given her a story without even realizing it because I like candles so much. And I like my house clean. I had no idea. Guys, you could have been given good stories, unfortunately, or bad stories. And I will never forget the time that a relative said to one of my friends, my friend tells a story and she still struggles with weight to this day. She said that before she had a weight problem, her mom said to her, they were picking out underwear for her older sister who was thin and she was always a little heavier. And the mom said, oh, girls that are big like us don't wear underwear like that. Only your sister does. 
Now, that may have been a true statement because, of course, certain styles of underwear fit bottoms better. But that was a story that was given to my friend in that moment. And she plays that story over and over in her head. Girls like me don't wear things like that. Girls that are big like me don't do things like this. Girls that are shaped like me don't have opportunities that other people have. You guys, that mom gave my friend a story that she has consequently carried for over 40 years, the same story. And I doubt that my friend even knows that's her story, but I can see it clear as day. Of course, we can always see something with somebody else's life. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I can see that story, Christy. It's so clear to me. That is the story that keeps her from losing weight and taking her life back because girls like us, we don't deserve to be a size eight. We deserve to be a size 18. Mm. You know, with the Rebel for Life program with Code Red, this is a Rebel for Life is a, an exclusive program. It's a VIP program that I only open up, uh, if I even do it, a couple of times a year to um, certain people who want to really, really pull out all the stops. And part of the program is a lot of contact with me. So I have my Rebel for Life VIP clients that I contact, I stay in contact every day and, and we do Zoom meetings. Now with the great thing about Zoom meetings, as you guys know, is you can see if the person shares their camera with me, I can see their face. And uh-huh. uh, I have gotten to know a lot of these guys. And so I'll see the faces of two people who are losing weight. They're the same size and they are losing weight at the same rate. And yet they have two different stories. They have two different attitudes about it. And they're telling themselves two different stories. Really? Same same age, same starting size, same everything, same rate of loss. And I've got one gal who is happy and she says, I'm so happy. I'm losing 1.5% of my body weight every week. And the other person is like, God, you know what? Freaking 1.5% of my body weight. Gosh, dang it. You know, I just can't believe this. Like, I, this is such a, a slow weight loss or something. It's always, or, and it's the same, like, I was so excited. I dropped a whole size in a month. And the other person, I only dropped a size this month. It's so funny because now I can see two different people that are saying just two different stories, but they have the same circumstances. Wow. Yeah. I, it's very clear. I want to share something about mom. Let me think it through before I share it. <laughs> I'm trying to think of which of our relatives listen to the podcast. <laughs> Not the other thousands of you that listen to it. I don't um, think a whole lot of them. I don't know. Maybe some of them do. Maybe they do. You know, this is a very interesting story that our mother was told very young. I love my grandma. She went to be with Jesus when Chase was a baby. So it's been, what, 21 years, years ago. So yeah. we haven't, you know, she's been with the Lord for a long time. But growing up, my mom had her struggles with her mom. Mm -hmm. And she doesn't remember her mother ever saying, I love you. And let me tell you something. That'll put a story in you. That'll be a story. And our mom has told us that story. How many times, Christy? Have you heard that story? Yeah, like countless. Countless. So that moment became defining for Mama Carol. And it became a catalyst for a lot of her actions. And again, I'm not, I love Mama Carol. I'm not putting her down. I'll just say Mama Carol so you guys know who I'm talking about. So for instance, our mom always makes sure that we know that she loves us. Wouldn't you say, Christy? And I know that she would do that anyway, but I think a lot of it has to do with that story that was placed in her head by her mother, very young. And another thing is 
she's always sticking up for the other one. So if I come to mom and I'm like, Chris, she's right me not. She's like, well, she's under a lot of stress. Or if I say our sister, Laura, you know, this happened and mom will go, well, and I'm sure she does the same to me to Christy. If she said, Carrie's really aggravating me. Well, you got to understand. So, and that's part of that. It's always seeing the good. It's always because of that story that came in her head. So rebels, let me ask you a question. What stories that were put in your head young are keeping you, are shaping you, are holding you back or propelling you forward? What are the stories that you have floating in your head right now? And they're hard to identify, Christy. They really are. Until I caught myself saying that really nasty stuff about myself, I went, oh my gosh, you wouldn't even talk to an enemy like this. Why are you talking to yourself about this? So rebels, what are the stories that you're saying to yourself? Is it an underwear comment by a mother 40 years ago? Is it that one time my ex-husband's old grandma said, oh, what does she say? You're just going to eat dessert. You know, you, you need to lose some weight. And it just, it crushed me. It stuck with me. That was a story I started to play in my head. I and mean, she was like 90 years old. So who cares? But that was a story that started playing in my head. So what are the stories? I would love for you to write down your stories because once you can identify them, Christy, like you did with the lack mentality and the money mindset, it made you so much more aware of it. And then you could deal with it. When you pointed out in me that I had tendency to do that, Christy, I started changing the way I think about things. I hardly ever will say I can't afford something. I'll be like, well, we're going to wait on that or we have that on a list or eh, I don't know if we're going to do that right now. Christy has changed it because Christy helped me recognize my story. So I'm wondering, you know, what kind of stories do you guys have that is keeping you from losing that last five pounds? Well, I've never weighed below 150. So I, I never will. Is that a story you're telling yourself? Well, the two biggest things that people tell themselves over and over that are absolutely wrong, that should never, two phrases that should never come out of your mouth is that I, I can't afford and I don't have time. You can yep. rephrase that like a million other ways. You could say, yep. I choose not to spend time on this or I choose not to spend my money on it. And so I would love to see those two things. If you just get a control of those two yeah. things, my gosh, so many things would be so much better in your life right off the bat, just outside of weight loss. But my word, what you tell yourself, speak it out loud, even if you don't believe it. And you know, Carrie, I don't have a problem with negative self-talk. I do get frustrated with myself uh, when I do certain things that I know are wrong and then I can feel myself doing them. And I say, dang it, why do you do this? Why do you do this? I don't understand what, and sometimes I do now that I, now that I think of it, I do say, what is wrong with you? You are so messed up to, for you to continue to do this over and over. And so I don't know if that's very cruel, but I don't, I don't call myself fat or ugly or stupid, but I definitely, no, but, you, but that's just not something you struggle with, Christy. You right. struggle with other things. Sure. Uh, how about, here's a great one that, I mean, you and I have had past relationships. I'm just saying, if you'd like advice on how not to make it work. I'd be happy to give it to you. I'm going to write a work. I'm going to write a book on that. I'm really good at that. How not to make a marriage work. I've got the top 10 things you can do. <laughs> um, so, but one thing, Christy, is I hear women say all the time, all the good guys are gone. All the good guys are gone. I just pick losers. I pick losers. Oh, hold on, Betty. Hold on. How many times are you going to keep saying that to yourself? Mm -hmm. Like at what point does that stop and you say, there's somebody great out there or maybe there's nobody and I don't want to be with anybody, which is fine. At what point, Christy, then you attract that. I see women do this all the time and then they wonder why they keep getting into these terrible relationships 
over and over and over and over and over again because they say there's nobody good. Carrie, you got the last one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. hundred percent. You keep, well, my picker's broken. You just keep saying that crap over and over and over. You are attracting that negative energy the more you say that. So the best thing, even if you don't believe it, don't freaking say it out loud. Uh, You can say there is somebody out there or I want a partner. There's a perfect partner for me or or just say something else, but quit saying that baloney out out loud is you are attracting that to yourself. Christy, what was the, what was the movie when she said you're good enough, you're pretty enough? Oh yeah, what's that movie called? You I is, is I, you is pretty, you is kind. I don't remember the color purple. I don't remember the no, no. It was um the one with the pie when she did the pie. Yeah, and it was the the poo pie. Do I have I to look it up? You is kind. You is important. You is pretty or something. Yeah. Why? Why do people believe so strongly in self affirmations? Because it changes your thinking. It changes your thinking. Why do we tell depressed people, get up, get your hair done, get in the shower and make your bed? Because it pushes them in the right direction. It changes that thinking air. Our dad is a counselor and he and I have had conversations about thinking airs. And thinking airs are stories. That's what they are. That's just a fancy word that people that are in psychology like to use for it. And thinking airs are those things that get us back into, and my dad worked with prisoners and it would be, I'm going to reoffend when I get out of the prison mm. and I'll never be rehabilitated and I can never change. I am the person I am. And these prisoners did not even realize that they had these thinking errors and subconsciously get out and make the exact same decisions and choices again and end up back in prison, back in jail. So what is going on? There's a root cause there. There is a deeper issue. And the problem is, and until you identify it, until you know that you're doing it, Christy, I always fail at diets. I lose 10 pounds and then I gain it back. Or I start out strong, but I always fail in the end. Oh my gosh. Why are you saying that to yourself? It may have been true in the past, but who you are today is not who you will become. And your current situation does not have to be your future situation. Where you are now is not where you have to stay. And it boils down to what you're saying to yourself. It boils down to the stories, the thinking errors, the things that you're saying to yourself. And it has to be, it ha- you have to, that's why I tell Amory every day when I kiss her goodbye, I love you. You are beautiful. You are smart. You can do anything you want. And you guys might be like, Ugh, Carrie. I mean, sometimes I'm yelling at her to get her shoes on and get out the door because I see the bus coming around the corner. Let's be honest. I'm not saying I walk around with fairy dust and a wand, guys. I don't want you to think I'm unrealistic. I'm the most realistic person I know. But it's so smart to implant that stuff. You're going to give your kids a story. You're either going to give them the your your beautiful story or you're going to give them the, oh, girls that size don't wear clothes like that. Mm-hmm. You're going to give them a story. You're going to say something in your head and it's up to you to pick what it is. You're going to say something. Well, Carrie's full of it. Well, you're saying something. Mm-hmm. Something is going around in your head. Yeah. You know, one of the defining moments for me was when I was little and I was really little. And I think that mom literally single-handedly changed the direct trajectory of my life with this one thing. I, I used to say, I can't, I can't, oh, I can't. And mom identified this early on and I had a little lisp. I couldn't say my, ass, my S's, so I, I fed it like this. 
you know, I, I had a little like that and I'd say, I can't I'm Christy. And she, my mom finally got upset and she said, darn it, Christy, you are not Christy. I can't, you are Christy. I can. And I said, I am. And she said, yes, you are. You're Christy. I can. And I am telling you right now, you guys, I have never once in my life thought since then that there wasn't, that there was something I couldn't do. I've always believed that anything I wanted to do, I could do. And it's so funny. And now my dad, he straightened me out a couple of times because I said, I'm going to be a college basketball player one time. And our dad said, oh, really? Well, you better be have a basketball in your hand all the time. Well, that was the reality of it. You know, if I wanted to be a college basketball player and I wasn't handling a ball all the time. So that wasn't the same. It's just that him saying, oh, like, Kier, like Amory says, I want to be an astronaut. And Carrie said, you better learn your nines then, you know. And so <laughs> well, that was the joke is I believe in being realistic as well. Yes. But I, Christy, I can. And I, she changed it at the age of two or whatever I was. And I've never believed anything different. So my gosh, that I'm so glad that story got changed because yep. I might not yep. have been who I turned out to be. That was a story. So our mom had an opportunity to put a story in Christy. She was going to walk away from her childhood with a story. Yes, she was. And so it was up to Carol, Mama Carol, what story Christy walked away with. And so it's up to you what story you walk away with. And I think that people poo-poo this. Now, it is true about Anne-Marie that I did say that. She's like, maybe I'll be an astronaut. And I was like, yeah, but you don't know your nines timetables. You better get on them. I mean, like, they got to know that kind of stuff, Christy or Anne-Marie. <laughs> and I'm not being unrealistic. I do believe in reaching for the stars, but I do believe in realism. So I don't want you guys to be like, well, they're doing rainbow farts and, and uh, you know, and unicorn glitter. We're not being that way. But if you don't think you can ever get under 200 pounds and you keep telling yourself that, guess what? You're never going to be under 200 pounds. Mm-mm. You're never going to be under 200 pounds. And, you know, I would go to the gym. I started, part of my health journey was me going back to the gym. And the only way I was able to do that is I had to tell myself a different story that I don't have to be the best. I'm never going to be as good as Christy and that's okay. You know, I'm not going to achieve those levels, but just to go and start, I had to change that story, Christy, because the story that you were the athletic one, although I was athletic in high school and I was the one that didn't do that kind of stuff and complained it to you about it. That was the story that we had for what, 10 years. It was Christy's always trying to get me to go on a walk or go to the gym and I make fun of her and everyone laughs about it. And Christy's going to try to get me to go on a walk and go to the gym and I'm going to make fun of her and we're going to laugh because I didn't want to look stupid until I learned to change my story. And I said, yeah, this is simple. I'm just going to do this for myself. I had to change that story. Okay, next time Christy asks me to go, I'm going to get up and go. And you can ask her, I do. I go. I'm good. I'll go. What are we going to do? Let's do it. But yeah, I think about that, a 180. that was a 180. Talk about a 360. I hate when people say that. <laughs> You like, know, um, the nice thing about the Code Red community is when you come to us, um, you're so broken. Most people are so broken. They're, they feel so hopeless. They've tried and failed at so many things. And the great thing about the Code Red community is you, we wrap our arms around you. We love you until you can love yourself. And you might be thinking, are you kidding me? This is not going to work. I'm never going to. Christy's got my goal at 136 pounds. There's no way I can reach that. Mm-hmm. But 
if you just continue to work the program and let us love you through it, you will start believing it. And we just ask you to just believe it, do the work. We will help you along. We will carry you. We will pick you up. We will love you. We'll keep you going. We'll wrap our arms around you. We will link arms with you. And pretty soon you'll actually start believing it. Yes. And it, I, you know, the big money mentality change, the lack mentality switch that I did, it took about three years to completely do. And only in the fourth year of being at this success level did I really truly just grasp it. And it definitely wasn't always like that for me. And that's interesting because you've taught me so much in a short amount of time uh, about that. But guys, you absolutely, we have a sticker and it says, I can and I will. Mm. I can and I will. And until you get that in your heart, this is going to be like every other program. Because we can have the perfect structure. I could have somebody come into your house every day that we just pay to slap Twinkies out of your mouth. I mean, but the truth is until you get it in your head, until you start telling your story, I can, until you start switching your story, I can take my life back. I can be successful with Code Red. I can get the rest of this weight off. I can feel good getting on an airplane. I will feel good going on a walk with my significant other. I will feel good when I jump out of the shower, grab a towel and catch myself naked in the mirror. I'm not going to cry because there's a lot of days I spent crying at the sitting at the floor of a closet because I didn't have anything that fit. So I understand that. And the story was, Carrie, you're so disgusting. None of your stuff fits you. So I had to switch the way I was thinking. So you absolutely can. We have faith in that. But you have to identify those stories, Chrissy, wouldn't you say? And you have to be aware of them. And when you catch yourself, because once you know you're doing it, as soon as Chrissy said to me, you have a lack mentality, I went, do I? I had no idea until Chrissy pointed it out. When she pointed it out, I changed the way I talked and successfully have changed a lot of financial things for myself as well. well it's funny, Carrie, because obviously I know how much you pay, you make. And I'm like, I was doing the math and I was like, boy, she sure acts like and talks like she's poor. And I know she ain't poor. And I was like, wait a minute. That's totally a lack mentality. I see what's going on here because yes. I know they do fine. I know their bills yeah. are paid and they're doing, they're thriving. And I was like, she just doesn't even see it. I didn't even see it until you said something to me. And then I was like, wow. And once I got that switch in my head, Christy, and you guys, I still like going to the Goodwill. There's nothing that's going to change that. That's just an enjoyable thing for me. Christy's like, oh, God bless. She, she hates that kind of stuff. But she hated that kind of stuff when she had no money too. So right. this is not because Christy is who she is. I want you all to know that. This is just her. She doesn't like Goodwill. She doesn't like shopping in general. So, um, but like, I'll go all day to the Goodwill. I could have $5 million in the bank and I'd still be like, is there a cup at the Goodwill I need to buy? I mean, that's just how I am. I can't help it. But as soon as Chrissy told me about the way I was thinking and she helped me out with that, with seeing myself as the size I am after I had lost weight, because I was still saying I'm still fat. And she's like, what are you thinking? My aunt Barbara took a picture of me at Code Red Live last year. I was standing at the counter getting ready. And she turned the camera around and she's like, do you see this? Like, do you see who you are now? And so I don't know. It's such a hard thing, but it goes back to our stories. And if you can find your story, find the negative self-talk, the automatic stories we tell ourselves, identify it and start to switch that. I really think you're going to find a greater oh, happiness in general, but a greater success in general. I really do. Just especially with Code Red. Well, you can certainly fast track 
everything yes. in your life, not only just your, you know, your marriage, uh, the, the relationships you have with your kids, the relationship with your boss, uh, your weight loss. So many things can change if you get this right. Even we don't want to be miserable. It. We don't want to be miserable. Sure. No. Christy, Jim Gaffigan says, <laughs> have you ever met somebody that lost weight and you look at them and you go, oh, they don't look very good having lost the weight. Like they're really angry and upset. Like just go eat a steak. Well, we get to eat steak on Code Red. But isn't that true? Have you met people that have lost weight and are still angry about it and resentful? We don't want that to be you. We want you to find joy in the journey every step and have that positive outlook, that positive story so you can get where you want to go and you actually enjoy it. You're not miserable the entire time. People don't go, Somebody give that woman a steak. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, absolutely. So the quicker you can get this in your mind, the better you're going to be. And it's not going to happen quick. Uh, the, as far as the change might take a while, but it's going to be you continuing. I know with my Rebel for Life VIP clients, I say to them over and over, I am healthy. I am smart. I am Man. pretty. I am a good parent. And we, we yes. do these repeating things where we repeat it back to ourselves. You feel silly. I don't care because you need to repeat this back to yourself over and over. Even if it feels silly or feels wrong, eventually it will start to feel right. Yes, I love that. And that's the reason why there are self-affirmations in Saturday Night Live made fun of it. And gosh darn it, people like me. I mean, it is true though. If you say it, you start to identify, you start to change. I'm telling you, but the biggest step for me, Christy, is being aware because I wasn't even aware that I was doing some of these things until you pointed them out, until I heard myself talking so horribly to Fat Carrie. Well, I'm not Fat Carrie anymore. So why do I talk so bad to myself? I don't understand why we do that to ourselves. It's you know, when I'm, if I'm feeling a little bit frustrated with myself for that day, maybe I ate something yesterday that I don't, that I shouldn't have or whatever. Yeah. Um, I try to reverse the mental damage on myself by saying, look right. how strong you are. Look, your back doesn't hurt. Look at your, you have strong legs. Look at you. You're on a hike with Annabelle and your body right. feels good. Like I try to reverse oh. it by, by saying the right things. So uh, you're you. like the self-talk queen. I do. And I say it out loud. Yeah, I need to find somebody that does not do such a good job to be on this podcast with me. I need to find someone that's like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, I used to, you know, and, and you're like, I never had that trouble. I'm like, can we get another entrepreneur on here that struggled with self-talk? I'm teasing. Believe me, we will do another podcast with something I really, really struggle with. (laughs) We hope that you guys enjoyed this episode of uh, Rebel Weight Loss and Lifestyle. What story do you tell yourself? Let's talk about your stories. Let's talk about reversing old stories, making new ones. Uh, You can absolutely do this. And uh, so much of weight loss is mental. I mean, it's like 90% mental. You know, we can give you a list of things to eat, but up here is where the real battle is won and lost. So thank you for joining us, you guys. Have a good one. Thank you, everybody. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to Rebel Weight Loss and Lifestyle. If you're a Code Red Rebel and you haven't already downloaded your free Code Red Lifestyle on-the-go guide, then now is your time to get a copy. This guide will teach you how to stay Code Red approved even with your crazy life schedule. To get a copy right now, all you need to do is open your podcast app, go to this episode's show notes, and click the link to get your Code Red approved on-the-go guide. So I will see you on the next episode of Rebel Weight Loss and Lifestyle.